Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Wednesday, December the 6th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, unfortunately, our prized guests could not make it in, but that just means you guys get to hear more of me and more of me talking about the All-22 tape. We dive deep into the tape and examine the big days of Kenyon Drake, Kenny Stills, Jesse Davis, Bobby McCain, Xavier Howard, and many, many others. Also, who is the best receiver on this football team? All of that and much, much more. But first, I have to remind you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating and review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. You can follow the show at LockedOnFins. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. Current content up right now talking about some just general nuggets and notes from the Dolphins team as well as the cap piece coming up soon this week. I promise it's coming out soon. I keep promising it, but it will be up this week sometime. And of course, check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, including the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for the local and national coverage of all your favorite teams. But let us waste no more time and get right into the All-22 review from the film from the Dolphins' 35-9 to victory over the Denver Broncos on Sunday to get to 5-7 and on the season. And I want to start with the play calling and more in particular the running game and the running schemes and the differences this team has done in the running game compared to what it was earlier prior to the... Er, pre-Jayajayi trade, I should say, and some of the varieties the Dolphins have shown that have given them more success, not only in the ground game, but as well as the play-action game and the passing game. And what I mean by the creativity in the running game, and it's something that kind of gets lost on the casual fan. You talk about play calling a lot, and it's kind of something that fans look at, and it usually has to do with more of certain types of passes or the difference between running the ball and throwing the ball. But the running game requires creativity and a little bit of a mixture too. And the Dolphins have had that in recent weeks and especially in Sunday's game against Denver Broncos. They ran a variety of things, whether it was power plays, traps, you had pulling guards coming out in the space, inside zone, outside zone, toss, sweeps, counter plays. Everything was built off of one another and it just made for a really tough day for the Broncos defense they've struggled all year against the run but they had a really tough time defending Kenyon Drake in this game and it was a lot of that had to do with the fact that the Dolphins weren't running the same looks hardly at all they ran a lot of plays where they had a counter step to one direction it got the linebackers flowing in that way and then Drake would come back across the formation the other way and it hit it in the hole and the Broncos they were off balance much of the game they couldn't get a solid square shot on Kenyon Drake because of this misdirection of movement and it set up the play action game as well Adam Gaze a, a good play caller will build things throughout the course of the game and then show you similar looks with different variations of that look and Adam Gaze built this game very well and had a good plan moving into this game and and really knew how to attack the Denver Broncos defense I think that his familiarity with Vance Joseph did a lot more favors for the Dolphins than vice versa and it showed both in the running game and in the passing game and talking about those creative looks on the running game Kenyon Drake what a stud he was in this game pressing the hole showing speed to daylight running through tackles terrific balance he had so many runs where he got inside congested things inside by pressing that hole and then bouncing it outside. And then once you get out there, it's all about arm tackles from DBs and you can throw the stiff arm. You can hit him with speed. And he had the big touchdown run, obviously. Just so many good things he did, turning negative plays into positive plays. A really, really, really good game from Kenyon Drake and a very encouraging one at that. The most carries he has ever had in both his NFL and college career. So big time game from Kenyon Drake in this one. And it looked even better on film than the stats said. And one of the guys leading the way for him was Jesse Davis. And I've been talking about this guy all year. I think you guys might be getting sick of him at this point. 
but he has another fantastic game. He shows the ability to pin and pull. He can reach, hit those reach blocks across the formation. He can anchor and pass protection. He was very sturdy in pass protection. He had one mishap where a guy beat him on the inside. He can, he can get that corrected in film, get that taken care of. He has pretty good athleticism. He pulled either side a couple of times, but the miscommunications have really kind of shorn up since he got on there. And I think he's really solidified the right side of the offensive line. You guys know I'm a big Adam Gaze believer, but if they go back to Jermon Bushrod after what Jesse Davis has done at right guard, I'm going to be very disappointed in the coaching decision to go ahead and do that. And then moving on to the quarterback now, Jay Cutler actually had a few nice plays, and I'll say good things about him in that regard. He had the good back shoulder throw to Julius Thomas for the touchdown. He had a very nice play where he escaped trouble and flipped it up to Devontae Parker for a first down. A very good throw to Jarvis Landry, a little wheel route on a pick play, which is something the Dolphins offense has been very good at in recent history under Adam Gaze, and they had another big one there for a big gainer, and Jay Cutler with a very nice throw. But he also had some really bad ones. The two picks were very bad throws. The pick to Chris Harris was severely underthrown up the sideline to Kenny Stills. And speaking of Kenny Stills, he has a huge game in this one, and I could not have been more impressed with his ability to run routes, get himself open, play with leverage, play smart, instinctual football. I think the reason you see Adam Gaze loving him so much and talking so much good about Kenny Stills is his ability to kind of get through traffic and not lose any acceleration. He can find his ways into the holes of the zones and pick his way through there and get to the football and make a catch. His routes are so smooth, and they all look the exact same. That touchdown catch that he had, he was all alone, no one near him. And I went back and thought about it. He has a lot of those plays throughout the course of his Dolphins career where he's all alone for an easy touchdown. That's because it's not because they're blowing coverages all the time. It's because he runs these really clear and precise routes that look the exact same and it gets guys to bite and it can cause a big play and a big breakdown in coverage. So Kenny Stills, a big game. Jarvis Landry, another good game. I wouldn't say he had a huge game by any stretch of the imagination. That lack of the big playability in his arsenal really kind of hampers his stats a little bit. And then Devontae Parker, just another trash game from Devontae Parker. No real attitude and demeanor to challenge for the football. He gets rerouted so easily. He can't separate and press coverage. One-on-one is, is something that number one receivers have to be able to destroy one-on-one coverage. They have to be able to beat double teams. He can't do either. He's not separating at all. He's not getting open. He's not doing anything. He is playing really, really poor football right now. And we'll get to the re- these receivers more later in the podcast. But first, I got to tell you guys about Draft.com. Draft.com is the new version of fantasy football. So fantasy football fans, listen up. It is not too late to join the half million people that have already downloaded Draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but you're done in under five minutes and they last you for just one week. You can join one right now for the week and have a fresh new lineup for Sunday. The best part, play for cold hard cash and get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than the salary cap sites out there. All new players get a free entry into real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use promo code LONFL for Locked On NFL. That's right. Play real money game for free just by using the promo code LONFL. Just search draft in your app store and go to the draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code LONFL. That's draft.com. And we are going to get to the defensive side of the film review here in just one second here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Remember to follow me on Twitter at NFL. You can find all these GIF cutups from all the film that I did. And I broke down all night tonight before I recorded this episode. So plenty of good content for you guys there on Twitter as well as LockedOnDolphins.com here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. This is the Wednesday film review edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and we're looking at the Dolphins' defense now here on the other side of the episode and looking at the linebackers first. They just don't look very good. It's been a problem for a few weeks now. They started off the season looking so sharp. Kiko Alonso was playing well. Lawrence Simmons was playing fantastic. Both those guys have really, really tapered off here towards the end of the season. Stephon Anthony has a really bad personal foul flag that he got called for and that was just inexcusable and then Chase Allen just not a whole lot of athleticism there from that guy doesn't really offer a whole lot he's just kind of a guy a plug and play when you get someone hurt I think that Ray Quad McMillan is severely missing this defense and he'll be a welcome welcome addition next year 
And if you go to LockedOnDolphins.com right now, you'll find a piece titled Preseason in December, and that's talking about some of these guys that have gotten a chance to audition for roles moving into next season as potential you know, role players or even starters moving forward into the future. And in this game, they kind of play with that mentality. They rotated a bunch of guys, and there were only really just a few splash plays from these guys throughout the course of the game. Jordan Phillips, Vincent Taylor, and Cameron Melville had a couple of splash plays, but for the most part, they kind of got whipped in and out of plays. They didn't have the best games. The consistency in this game came from Indomitian Sue, which is kind of a every week thing at this point. He kind of slumped from the injury, but he was back in this game playing very strong. They doubled him all day, and he still made some plays. And how strong is that guy just dis- discarding these humongous men of offensive linemen that he just throws away so effortlessly looking? It's just crazy to see. And then the other consistent player that I saw on the defensive line was Terrence Fade, and he got a lot of work in this game, over 30 snaps in this game, and he played very well setting the edge on on the defense in the running game as well as creating a little bit of pressure on Trevor Simeon the quarterback too so I want to see more of Terrence Fidei moving forward and hopefully the Dolphins can find a way to get him back on a contract that is commensurate with a rotational type of player and on yesterday's podcast I talked a lot about the cornerbacks and their ability to do what they do and just kind of going over the film really validated that stance that I took, especially on Bobby McCain. This guy has played so well, and the Dolphins have had so many communication issues throughout the course of the season in the secondary, a lot of wide-open guys, and it happened again in this game on that first couple of drives when the Broncos drove down the field and kicked a field goal to make it 3-2 to towards the end of the first quarter. That, that drive was really was helped by a lot of miscommunication in the Dolphins' secondary. There was one player they had a 3 by 2 set with a 3 on the defense, so three guys to bracket 2, and they miscommunicated. There's a wide-open little turkey hole route, as John Gruden calls it, into up that sideline in between a cover 2 look, and they just kind of chased it wrong, and it was wide open. It was a really weird look, but Bobby McCain has not had these miscommunication issues as the other guys have had, like Cordray, Tankers, Leader, Xavier, and Howard, and he has just been so solid. He moved all over the field in this game. He covered all types of receivers. He covered Demaryius Thomas in the slot. He covered Demaryius Thomas outside. He covered Emmanuel. Sanders in the slot and he does such a good job of communicating his route and knowing where his help is and playing the routes based on his tape study and he really did a good job of playing press up against the man and then chasing in their hip pocket and running them right into help and so the route is never open and he does a good job of two man as well sinking off that press coverage and falling into a position where he can kind of undercut the deep out route that the Broncos tried to run on him so he was very well prepared played a very good game did fantastic and run support and then Xavier Howard I talked about it on Twitter I talked about it on the show yesterday a little bit his his game was he had a good game but it wasn't as great as the stats would suggest that pick six was just a bad throw and credit to him for making a play and capitalizing on it because that's something you have to do and those those are the plays that good teams will make when you make a mistake they make you pay but that ball was fluttering it was way far inside you see Demaryius Thomas turn way back inside to come get it but there were other plays where Xavier Howard is in his hip pocket and making good plays up the field in coverage and, and he, he was there for a couple of pass breakups on, on tightly contested balls so a good job against bigger body receivers he had a good performance against Julio Jones earlier in the year in this game too so a little bit of encouragement there from him in that regard and then I saw Cordrea Tankersley come up and run support a couple of times and that was something I didn't think he had in his arsenal going back to his days at Clemson but he did a good job of sticking his shoulder in there and making a couple of tackles he gets hurt on the very first play of the game by CJ Anderson making a tackle and comes back in there and doesn't fear and doesn't doesn't step down from it and makes another play on tackle so good job by the cornerbacks in this game very well played I think TJ McDonald is starting to play a lot better he's playing very well at this moment he is doing a good job playing in the box and kind of playing Rashad Jones's old role and Jones is kind of sinking back into more center field roles and he does they kind of interchange in that way too so they, there's a bit of both but it has definitely lightened Rashad Jones's workload and they seem to be a little bit more in sync and working together at this point that's really good to see something you hope that they continue going forward as the season progresses and, and finishes up here the last four games of the season 
And then lastly, I would be remiss if I did not mention the special teams and acknowledge how well they played. Just great coverage all game. They blocked a punt, obviously. Seven punts down inside the 15-yard line. Fantastic job by Matt Hawk and his crew there on that side of the football and kick coverage as well. And the return game was a lot better in this one too. So special teams gets an A-plus for the day. Pretty much the Dolphins dominated in all three phases. Despite a, despite a few mistakes in the game, they dominate for the most part and get a huge blowout victory. And then the last part of the show I want to talk about today, guys, is the wide receivers. I posted it on Twitter. I wrote a column about it talking about preseason in December for the Dolphins. And we'll get to that here on the other side, here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, at Winkle NFL, at Lockdown Fins. Here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I don't mind ruffling feathers here and there. I tweeted about it yesterday, talking about Kenny Stills possibly being the best receiver on the Dolphins roster that they have. And going by the numbers, I think that that would be the indication. But I got a lot of feedback on Twitter saying I'm kind of crazy. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I kind of just want to talk about the receivers really quick before we get out of here for a quick show today and talk about their numbers they've displayed on the year. And obviously, Ryan Tannehill has something to do with their dip in production because the offense as a whole has dipped in production. And Ryan Tannehill, throughout the course of his career at Texas A&M, Ryan Swope was a star receiver at Texas A&M that almost got drafted because of how well Ryan Tannehill made him look. He's no longer in the league, never even got close to the league, really. And then Devon Best was regarded as one of the best slot receivers in the NFL in Ryan Tannehill's rookie year. He goes away, and he is never to be heard from again. And then, obviously, Jarvis Landry has a couple of huge years under Ryan Tannehill in the slot, and then now Tannehill's gone, and his yards per catch average is down two-thirds, or excuse me, one-third of what it was. It goes from 12 to 8 yards. So obviously Tannehill favors that slot position, so it's been a tough year for Jarvis Landry in that regard. Cutler favors the perimeter receivers a lot more than that, so tougher for him to put up the numbers. You can obviously see the tangibles on tape and see what he offers, and the intangibles as well, I should say, and how well he plays the game and how hard and passionate he plays and what he means to this offense. But if you just go by a raw number standpoint... And I'm a much bigger fan of efficiency stats over volume stats and talking about more stats that matter rather than just touchdowns, yards, and catches, but the percentages by which they're targeted and how well they do on those particular targets. So catch rate is the first one. How many catches per target are you making? Kenny Stills actually has the lowest one on the team between the the top three receivers. He's at 58.8%, but he's more of a big play receiver, so you expect to have that. Jarvis Landry's at 65%, so a six-point increase over Kenny Stills. Then Devontae Parker at 59% not great either. And then yards per catch, Kenny Stills is at 15.3 to Jarvis Landry's 8.7, nearly double the yards per catch. That's a big, big drop off. And then Devontae Parker at 11.5, which for a guy like him is just atrocious. And then yards per target, I think is the most important one. It, it, it covers how many yards per times the receiver is targeted. So basically it's like a yards per carry type of thing for a running back. Kenny Stills is at 8.94, nearly nine. Jarvis Landry was at that number last year, right around the high eights, high 8.9s. And he was better than Antonio Brown this season. So Kenny Stills having a very good year in that regard. Jarvis Landry at just 5.68. So a big drop in production there for him. And then Devontae Parker, 6.78. So Devontae Parker averages more yards per target than Jarvis Landry does this year. A big, big fall off for him. And then how many targets does it take for them to score a touchdown? How many targets per touchdown? For Kenny Stills, it's 13.7 targets per touchdown. For Jarvis Landry, it's 20.5 targets per touchdown. Those 123 targets really bring that number down. And then Devontae Parker was 61 targets on the year and one touchdown, obviously one touchdown per 61 targets. So who is the best receiver on this team? I talked about Kenny Stills in the opening of the show and talked about how he has these smooth transitions in and out of routes and how he sets things up. And he has obviously much better straight line speed than Jarvis Landry. He's a much more versatile player than Jarvis Landry in that regard. But you also have to take into account Jarvis Landry's intangibles, what he does as a blocker, what he does as a fire starter for the team. So, and that's when you go back to that argument, it almost seems kind of foolish and silly. But it does; it is a real thing. It's a, it's a something that 
you can see its effect on Sundays and something that really definitely the Dolphins will have to take into account when they go to the negotiating table and talk about the contracts. Devontae Parker, on the other hand, he just, to me, seems like a completely lost case, someone that has given up on the season and on his career. It almost seems like just with the lack of work ethic, and it's really disappointing to see a high first-round draft pick kind of fall over the wayside the way he has. And speaking of giving up on the season, I am giving up on this podcast. That's going to do it for today's show, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review, and check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WinkfulNFL and check out LockedOnDolphins.com for the piece live right now titled Preseason in December. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast with my special guest Mark Schofield of the Locked On Patriots podcast as well as Bleacher Report, Bleacher Report's NFL 1000. I'll be with you guys tomorrow on tomorrow's episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.